and like this like a this dude will try and hit on us and we're like no we're actually dating and they're like okay but like what about me or they try and insert them and insert themselves in our relationship and it's like i try and see every relationship as equal mostly because people don't see our relationship as more like as equal as a straight relationship Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 50. That's five zero, people. I'm excited. You sound excited. (laughs) I'm excited. We're all excited. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Rachel and Tatum, and they're a same-sex couple and very new to this all, non-monogamy. Yeah, they reached out to us. Well, actually, Rachel reached out to us uh, a couple months back. Basically, uh, she claimed she was very monogamous, and her partner, Tatum, wanted to start exploring, and she basically didn't know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. And then she found our show, and... I mean, she'll tell you a little bit about that, but basically it opened her eyes to ways that you could do this healthy and happily. And so we basically, this interview is us listening to them sort of almost navigate it in real time. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty raw and that's awesome. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, we want to just up front say thank you to them for reaching out and for sharing with us. And yeah, another quick thing announcement yes we've got two of them one is as, well well you go I, don't wanna, I, don't <laughs> I was just going to say this summer uh june 7th to 9th we are going to be at the atlanta poly weekend conference yeah so we'll be bopping around come find us we'd love to meet people and who knows maybe we'll I'll be able to get dinner or something together. Yeah, we wanted to give everyone a heads up now so that you could plan if you wanted to. The other one is we mentioned before that we updated our website recently, but even newer than that is we've started adding photos of any of the guests that we're willing to share a photo. So if you're curious who your favorite guests were and look like, (laughs) you can go check it out. Yes. And then a couple quick resources we wanted to mention at the beginning here. The first is STD Check. You can win a $50 gift card by using the link on our website. Actually, it's a contest that we're running through the end of March. Yep. Go check that out. And also, if you use the links to just get your testing done, you save $10 every time. Not just the first time, not the second time, every time. Go do that. Helps the show and it helps you and it helps us all be more informed. Exactly. The other one is a resource that is not affiliated with the show and it's basically just something that we use a lot and we wanted to share with people because we know people like to travel they like to go to cancun and they like to go to jamaica and all those places 
I'm getting in the hurry it up. Uh, <laughs> You're drawing this out. Basically, the, the, the website is called Scott's Cheap Flights. It's 40 bucks a year, and they find all sorts of super, super cheap flights. Sometimes it's mistake fares that are like $50 instead of $500 because there was a typo. So yeah. go check them out. Subscribe. Again, it's not a paid sponsor of the show at all. It's just a, hey, go check this out because we use it and we love it. Yes, and real quick, our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can find us also on Instagram, Twitter, or Casty under the screen name NNM Podcast. We got a new record for shortest intro. No, we don't, but let's, let's go to the interview. <laughs> Well, thank you, Rachel and Tatum, for joining us tonight. We are excited for uh, the interview, and we wanted to start by having both of you, I guess, give a little little introduction about yourselves to the listeners. Can you tell us uh, approximate age and maybe location and what your relationship dynamic looks like? And and maybe also just a little bit about each of you, like, background-wise, so people kind of know who we're talking to, and so whom we know who we're talking to. (laughs) Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm 23. Um, we're in the Midwest, and I'm current. I just uh, graduated, so I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to do and figure out like my path. So just graduated your undergrad or or undergrad, graduate? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I'm Tatum. I am currently a master's student. Just graduated Mondragon in May, so I'm feeling very burnt out, but I'm pushing through it. And most of my, I'm also, I also have a full-time job, so most of my, my time spent either working or school. Uh, yeah. yeah. What does our relationship dynamic look like? <laughs> right now, we're, we're kind of like in the beginning stages of like everything. So it's mostly just conversations about like what we're comfortable with and well, we've been dating for two years. Yeah. I was going to say, let's back up for a second and say, like, how long have you yeah. been together? Yeah. Uh, we've been dating for, for two years, and we just moved in together in May of this year. After being long distance for our, basically our entire relationship. So that was, like, a very, very big change that people don't talk about at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe talk about it a little, because finishing up, College, starting master's programs, moving in together, that's a... Going from long distance yeah. to the next, or in the <laughs> same room is a lot. <laughs> yeah, so we were we were about three hours apart in our undergrads, uh, dating, very good relationship, and then we graduate, and we moved in together, and you have to learn how to live with somebody where you're seeing them almost 24-7, and you were used to, when you... When you used to get the opportunity to see to see them, your time was only devoted on, you know, that short weekend. And yeah. now you have to adjust to learning how to divide your time with each other when you're seeing each other all the time. Yeah, I think we're, we were kind of, like, still in that mindset where it's, like, we want to hang out with each other all the time. And we're just, like, like most, like, a lot, I feel like a lot of couples have to be, like, okay, we're going to have one date night dedicated to each other. And we're, we're like, kind of, like, we have to have one night where we're dedicated to something else that isn't each other because we're just so like used to like being like oh my god we're never gonna see each other again but obviously for a week for a week yeah I was also I studied abroad too like right when we started kind of around the time we started dating Uh um it was like we're kind of like feeling things out and then 
we didn't want to put any, make anything official before I left. So we were kind of just like, okay, well, if this works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So we managed to stay together. Um, even through that, like where I was gone for a long period, like four months. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through all that and then, and then again, you know, living together, seeing each other every day and how to like communicate in a way that's not over like video calls or phone calls or texting. Yeah. A lot, a lot of adjustments. Then I, I think maybe you said you two had just started figuring everything out. And that is in terms of your negotiations around non-monogamy, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. Do you mind talking a little bit about sort of where you're at with that and what spurred those conversations? <laughs> yeah, you can. This is your... <laughs> um, so I, I initiated the conversation just to see what it just to have a conversation, to have an open communication. I think like we're really good at communicating. So I wasn't necessarily nervous. I was just maybe a little bit hesitant because I didn't want her to feel like I was saying, I don't want to be a part of this relationship completely. So I initiated the conversation and I think at first she was yeah, a was little really, hurt. <laughs> I was hurt. Yeah. Um, but it was more so like when she like, Cause I feel like explaining it to other people who aren't in like a non-monogamy like mindset, they like won't get it. And then you're just like, Oh yeah. Like my partner feels this way. And people are like, Oh, that means they don't want to be with you. Leave them. And that's not necessarily true. And like Tatum had expressed to me, um, how she felt, you know, growing up and like in past relationships. And, um, I was kind of just like, okay. Um, when she, I remember when she first brought it up, I was very, very confused and I was really hurt. And I was just like, where's this all coming from? And she was like, I'm just letting you know now, like what, you know, how I'm feeling. So if this gets brought up again, you're not surprised. And, and how long into your relationship was that brought up? That was, was it just the summer. No, cause we talked about it before we talked about it. it. it it's like gradual, um, I don't know. I can't remember. It was just like, she would always tell me, she was like, I have these thoughts inside my head. Like, I don't really feel comfortable telling you because I know you can get hurt because I'm pretty emotional. And I was just like, okay, like what's going on? And I remember we had a big conversation. I want to say maybe it was last year when you first brought it up. And she was, I remember she was just like, okay, like, um, so I'm having, she, I think she started off as a hypothetical question, so I wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. so like, um, I guess thrown off. Right? She's like, yeah. so what? So what if we uh, did this, or what if what if this were to happen? And I was like, well, why would that happen? Or like, you know, why would? I don't know, I can't remember the exact yeah. phrase, but I think it was like gradual, yeah, hypotheticals, and then this past summer was was like the 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 deepest we've gone, like beginning to to have a serious conversation yeah um and I was really like upset by it at first I was just like this is really upsetting I don't know how to feel about it and then ironically I actually started listening to your podcast and then my whole world was just like blown open I was like whoa (laughs) I was like this is total this is crazy I was like I've been thinking I've been going about this the wrong way the entire time it was more so like how she was feeling, I was able to understand it better. Cause you've always 
felt like this pretty much like growing up too. Yeah. And it, I, I guess, I mean, definitely want to come back to the revelation you had, Rachel, but I guess on Tatum's side, do you mind talking a little bit about what, like sort of what your feelings are what are the, what, what's the driver for it behind you? What, for you, what is the driver behind it that's sort of motivating you to want to have these discussions? I, I think like background, it was always in my head that I had just like, I'm, I consider myself a very flirtatious person. And so I always thought that if you're in a relationship, it was wrong to have any type of other thoughts outside of your uh, monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, I would feel almost very guilty. And then that would eat at me to like, to, I would feel like I was in a box and I wanted to like break out of the box. So then you do things that, that you feel like are, are, are wrong and you don't know who, um, no one is telling you that how you're feeling, like not wanting to be in a box is normal. Yeah. So, yeah Cause everyone's pushing monogamy on you and you're just like, wait, yeah. like this isn't, this isn't how I feel. So had, had you explored non-monogamy with other par- partners in the past? I haven't. I, I, um, I never have. It was always like a thought of mine. It was like, a taboo if you think or if you would want to be in a non-monogamous relationship then that's taboo and there's something different and so it was one of those where I always told myself you know because we're you know before 23 you know being 18 19 20 you're you still are relatively young so you think oh I'm just gonna grow out of this stage of wanting to maybe be with multiple partners or something like that. I always thought that I would just find the right person and then I wouldn't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Um, I found the right person being Rachel and then I still continue to have those feelings. And then that's where I kind of got nervous. I was like, okay, why is this still happening? Yeah. And when you had those feelings in the past, did you like look to do any research or talk to anybody about it to try to understand what, like what different types of relationship styles were out there? Um, no, definitely not. I come from a, an area that's super, you know, conservative. conservative. Sure. Yeah. Very conservative. So my way of going about it was just be single. Don't put yourself in a box that you can't stay in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like even, sorry to interject, but even before, like because of where you, where you Tatum comes from, it's really conservative. So before me, you'd only primarily been with men. Mm -hmm. And so like, even when she first started seeing, when we first started talking, she was just like this, like, obviously I've never done this before. I've never really thought about this. But so when you, when we got together, it was like, it became like a big, kind of a big deal, like within where you came, like where you came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a pile of non-monogamy on top of that must feel like it. Yeah. Like a big hurdle. Yeah. So I've grown to identify all parts of myself as fluid, mm-hmm. sexuality, fluid, uh, relationship status, fluid. Um, it's helped me feel like I'm not so diff or like taboo. Yeah. I think that's a really great way to look at it. And on, on Rachel's side, have you had, had you dated women in the past as well, or was this your first, uh, your first time? 
Um, no, I've always primarily been attracted to women, only dated women. Where I come, where I came from, it's not, it wasn't as conservative, but it was still conservative enough where like when I kind of came out, I was like the first person to do so. So I kind of used that as like, okay, well, I'm gay, so this is it. Like, I'm just going to date women. And so it wasn't that big of a deal for me. But when Tatum introduced the idea of non-monogamy, I was kind of just like, you know, I was, I've was i only ever known monogamy. I think that where that stems from is how we see relationships portrayed in the media. Right. And all of I think what really scared me, too, is when Tatum brought it up, is that every relationship that we've seen that's trying to be, like, non-monogamous, like, always ended up where someone either got hurt or they ended up becoming non-monogamous because, or becoming monogamous because they were like, quote unquote, with the wrong partner. And so that really scared me that when she brought up the ideas that I was like, oh, like, this is how it's going to end when that's obviously not necessarily true. Right. And so when, when Tatum brought it up initially, was, was the approach to go down like a, a polyamorous route or more of a strictly like a, a sexual route and not necessarily looking for other long-term, you know, loving partners. Yeah. I think where we fall on the non-monogamy spectrum is definitely more on the physical side of things and the sexual side of things and not on the um, emotional side. Because when she brought it up to me, she was like, it's not like I want to be, have, be, have, emotional relationships with other people or date other people separately. It's just that like, I want to sleep with, I have these urges to sleep with other people. Which is, which is, which is normal by the way. (laughs) We've been finding out that that's very normal. Um, and I was like, okay, like I think I can kind of wrap my head around that. And it was when we, when I was driving home where, which is five hours away from here, I was like, okay, well, obviously this isn't going to go away. How she feels isn't going to just stop. So I'm, I'm going to like find resources. So I started listening to this podcast and hearing people's success stories just gave me like a new set of confidence where I was like, okay, like I can get behind, or like this is something that I could get behind something that I can understand. It, it kind of changed how I thought about non-monogamy as a whole. I was like, wow, there's so many different ways to do non-monogamy that works for so many different people. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, that's messy or they wouldn't have you know, time for it. And it's kind of just like, well, the way I saw it was that you just have to be really, really, really good at communicating your needs and your wants to your partner without, you know, being, I guess, too selfish or I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, you know, kind of keeping their needs and their ideas of the relationship, like in your head while you're talking about what you want yeah right well and also realizing too i think that's a great part of it but also that you're you might or you will make mistakes everyone makes mistakes and having some sense of forgiveness in everything as you're navigating it too i think that's something that we've definitely learned along the way and we're def- we're not perfect at it but it's something that you have to be able to acknowledge yeah i think what i'm i guess i guess not necessarily what's preventing us from moving forward per se. I think we're both really busy right now and we're kind of happy where uh, we're at in terms of what's going on right now. I think one of the biggest struggles for me would definitely be jealousy because it's like physically I get 
turned on when I think about Tatum being with other people. But then emotionally in my head, it's kind of like a constant battle of like, yes, this is attractive and this is sexy and this is hot. And then, oh, wait, that's the person that you love. And it's just kind of like a constant battle in my head to figure out how I really feel about it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and I guess on the flip side, though, had when when she brought this up and, and laid out this possibility, did it also click in your brain, too, that like, oh, yeah, I think. I might be interested in that as well. Or were you sort of like, no, I'm pretty much just happy with Tatum and I don't, I don't have any desire to look outside of the relationship. Um, no, it definitely kind of clicked for me where I was like, wow, I think I could be non-monogamous too. Um, but I think what kind of where I didn't think I was non-monogamous was that Tatum's, I think desires and thoughts were a lot more prevalent than mine. I mean, I'd still think about like people that would date for like eight years and then they get engaged to get married. And I was just, I kind of felt like that weird feeling of like a trapped feeling almost that's it. Like that's all you guys are going to do. And then I realized too, I was like, maybe like I could be non-monogamous too, like in a sense where I don't want to be emotional with other people, but like sleeping with other people and um, exploring other people is definitely something that I'd be interested in. And I think because how, Tatum is she's more fluid and I'm the only like other woman she's ever been with that's something that she'd want to explore on her end and me it's like I've only ever been with women so having the security or like safety of my relationship knowing like okay this is I can still explore and still grow as a person while being in my relationship um that's definitely something that I thought about when I started figuring out, okay, this is something I can, that I think that I identify as too. And yeah, along those same lines, I was, I was curious. And I think you you hear a lot of times uh, when people start talking about opening the relationship, you'll, you'll hear sometimes that the, the man is okay as long as the, his wife or girlfriend, whatever it is, um, is only playing with other women because they see that as less of a threat than if it's another man. I was curious on your side, would you see it as, do you see it as any difference if, if Tatum was to, to find another man versus another woman, or is it equivalent in your eyes in terms of the bringing up the jealousy and the things that you talked about a little bit earlier? Um, I think when we first started dating, because she'd never been with another, like, woman before I got nervous that I wasn't I guess I wasn't gonna like you know be enough or whatever but now that we've been together I don't see it as a threat mostly because I don't like when people do that to us like when we're out and like this like a this dude will try and hit on us and we're like no we're actually dating and they're like okay but like what about me or they try and insert and insert themselves in our relationship and it's like I try and see every relationship as equal mostly because people don't see our relationship as more or like as equal as a straight relationship right mm-hmm. right and so on in in terms of for you it's it's totally equivalent whether it was a guy or a woman it it would probably elicit the same for anyone on the gender or, or spectrum. any yeah, yeah anyone gender. on the spectrum it would elicit the same potential jealousy you wouldn't be more jealous if it was one or the other 
Yeah, I don't think I would be more jealous if it was another girl, more jealous if it was another guy. I think it would just be similar jealousy, like, it's another person. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And on Tatum's side, is there jealousy issues or you're concerned about jealousy or is it a little more uh, free love, so to speak? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I definitely am, am not as worried about jealousy on my end as, as Rachel is, but I mean, there's always a possibility for jealousy. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I would never say, Oh, I won't get jealous because I, I certainly will. But I think I, I'm just more open just because I think it's something that I've always kind of identified with, um, whether I knew it or not. So I'm more open to that freedom, I suppose. But there is like, um, because Rachel's never been with a man before, um, there's like, I have made jokes where sometimes I realize they're not jokes when I'm like, because she said, oh yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd be willing to, to sleep with a man. Like I'd be willing to explore it. And then the question of, oh, have I not, you've only been with women until me now, have I not been <laughs> enough to keep you in that, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. sexual identity but. but it's it's definitely not a not uh anything serious i think about but um those are certainly thoughts that that go through my head whether i'm completely open to the idea or not um yeah i think to being with you and like going through like our relationship and talking about like the the um, ability to be able to explore and grow outside of our relationship like it's made me more open to like thoughts and feelings that I've always had because mm-hmm. I think I've like been like I identify mostly as a lesbian mostly because um I could never be in a long-term relationship with a man or like a romantic relationship with a man like I don't see that as something that's that doesn't just it just doesn't fit me uh-huh. but like sexually like I could see myself doing it I could see myself enjoying it but I'm not going to let that, you know, dictate how I guess I identify myself as. And I think we say that too, like with other girls, like just because another girl sleeps another girl doesn't mean she's gay. So why does it have to be, if I sleep with a man, doesn't make me straight all of a sudden or bisexual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you can identify as whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, but I, it is it is it is fascinating to hear about the different sort of I guess all of the different aspects that both of you are sort of having to negotiate and talk about at the early onset of this and and maybe it's a good time to sort of fill in where are you on the journey at this point is it still discussions or have you taken steps to actually put something into practice at this point it's definitely still discussions but i think for rachel because she's expressed that um when we first begin the uh, practicing it she wants to be either in an atmosphere with people who are also non-monogamous or are or being with people who are non-monogamous so because um sometimes that uh, monogamous world out just in the open feels very judgmental yeah. or like they wouldn't understand. Yeah. Cause I don't want to like hook up with somebody and then I'd be like, okay, bye. I have a girlfriend and I have to be like, wait, what? And like, just get really confused. And obviously I don't owe them anything, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have that like 
pressure of having to explain to someone what's like wh what our situation is or like what's going on. I wouldn't want to have people like try and think that they can be with me like romantically because that's not true either. And I think like being in spaces where there are other non-monogamous people is just makes me feel more comfortable because people know like, okay, like whether they're mostly swingers or they're polyamorous, they know like, okay, they will understand me and Tatum's relationship and respect, respect it, it in a sense where being in like a, a different space where people weren't necessarily non-monogamous, like they wouldn't get it. Yeah. It's, I feel like that it would be, I don't know about safer or just a more comfortable place to start at least. Well, yeah. And, and it, and it might be a good space to have people who could almost act as mentors too, exactly, if, yeah. if needed, right. To, to, or show you both sort of not, not to say show you the ropes, but you know, provide some guidance if needed. Have a Yoda and couple. A Yoda like that we've heard other people say when they have someone adopt them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd definitely be, I guess, also nice, too, to talk about it with other people who are non-monogamous, because I feel like there's a couple of people that we've talked to, and I feel like they're... Well, yeah, you had said that, mentioned it to one of your friends, and her her immediate response was, do you think Tim's manipulating you into uh, so she can be with other people? And then I feel like people, that's, like, a common thought. Yeah, or... Uh, people think that I'm trying to please Tatum or give her what she wants and that I won't be happy. And I've thought about it too, because obviously like you want to make your partner happy and you want to give them what you want, what they want. Um, while also not letting yourself kind of get walked all over. But I was thinking about it and I was like, I feel like I would know at this point in our discussion of non-monogamy, like it wasn't working for me. I wouldn't be afraid to be like, you know what? This isn't, this doesn't make me comfortable. I wouldn't just be like, yep, I'm okay. And just say, I'm okay with it. And really like not be okay with it. Cause that's not healthy. Like you wouldn't want to tell someone like something's okay. And then they do something and then you're not okay with it. And you express that. And then they're like, but you just told me that was okay. And just have a big mess. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and so some of these conversations that you've had, right. You've talked a little bit about some of the fears, but I guess, do you mind talking a little more about some of the fears that either one of you have had come up and and what you have done as a couple to work through those and talk about them and figure out how you can move beyond that and find a place where you're you're happy and content and comfortable to, to take the next step? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, we, I think we've talked about is to get the conversations, I guess, going is like something that we, things that we want to happen and things that we don't want to happen. So the, one of my biggest fears definitely was that Tatum was going to meet somebody else and then fall in love with them and then be like, Oh yeah. See ya. Um, right. That's yeah, yeah that's I, a normal fear, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, it's, I know that's a normal fear, but I was like, but even when we, go out together and we're very we trust each other so much that like um I feel like you know Tatum can like Tatum or I can go dance with other people and have both of us just not be weirded out at all and just be like okay that's fine whereas I feel like some of our other friends if their partner was dancing with somebody else they would immediately get upset and defensive and you know be like why'd you dance with that other person and it's like that's you know I think that's just where we have a, like a big trust for each other 
So the trust is there, but it's still, you know, one of those fears is she's going to fall in love with somebody else and then be like, oh, yeah, never mind. Bye. That's my biggest one. And has, a, I guess, on Tatum's side, what, with that fear, how were you able to to talk through with Rachel about that not not being your goal and, and not to say that it couldn't happen, at least the falling in love part, but have you talked about like, okay, I, maybe we do fall in love with somebody else, but this is what that would look like, or this is what I would want that to look like. Um, we definitely talked about it. Uh, I think my job in that situation is to constantly reassure her where I'm at with, you know, my love for her and our relationship. I've never been upset with her when she's expressed, oh, this makes me nervous. I've always been like, I under, like, understand that, but this is why um, why you can feel secure. But we've actually never said, okay, what if we do fall in love? I yeah. think for Rachel, she would, that would make you a little nervous that would make me to, really to say yeah. it's a possibility. Yeah. It, I think we've talked about like once though, and you're like, I'm not saying you were like I'm not saying this will happen or that I even really could happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen. I think right. we had a conversation like that once. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think for me, it just made me really uncomfortable, just because like um, I wouldn't know, I guess, really where to go with that, especially because we both kind of expressed that we're really not, I guess, in this. I mean, not saying that you know we're not open to change, we're not open to things changing within our relationship. But I don't think we've really thought about it that far because I, I think, at least for me personally, I can't really see myself, like, falling in love with other people, even if I'm having, you know, sex with them. And I think, because I think a lot of, a lot of it, too, is, like, what we want in a non, in our non-monogamy at this point is to, like, hook up with people and then never talk to them again. <laughs> so now... So not not so much looking for the the friends with benefits route. You're more like you want to have an experience and then come back to each other and not have any interaction with those people. I I I'm more like I I wouldn't it wouldn't bother me either way. Um, like I've expressed, them, I think I'm more open to it. But I think I think the reason Rachel doesn't want to have even a friendship is the 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 scary what if we do grow feelings for people that we're emotionally involved with, even on a friendship level. Yeah. Uh, but, but to, I think both of us uh, outside of our relationship, current relationship, uh, just a lot of people say that, Oh, I can't, I could not, ha- I could not hook up with somebody without having an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of us have been able to, to hook up without emotional connections. So it, for us, it's not, okay. would it, would it be a, a hard thing to yeah. do? Yeah. And that's kind of how you prefer it anyways, is, yeah. <laughs> is just one that is hook up, never speak to them okay. again. So I know I was going to change the subject a little bit, but I know you've had a lot of changes in the last, you know, six months, but in this conversation sounds like it's been more prevalent in the last six months as well. Have you noticed any benefits to your relationship from having these conversations? I think just communication in general, like for me, it's almost like a weight was lifted off my shoulders as soon as Rachel, as soon as, you know, like it became a serious conversation. And then Rachel came back to me and said, okay, I'm actually comfortable. And I'm like willing to explore it as far as I'm comfortable. And just to know that 
I wasn't, um, what I was feeling wasn't wrong. And then to know that I would, what I was feeling wasn't upsetting her, but like it was a secret that didn't have to be a secret anymore. Yeah. That must've been kind of relieved, relieving, right? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it took a lot of pressure off of our, I guess, I guess like, you know, that pressure was the weight that was off your, on your shoulders, but I feel like it took that pressure off of it. Whereas like now when we have conversations, I don't feel weird having to word things in certain ways that like, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not thinking, Oh, is this going to upset Tatum? Is she going to think that I find somebody else more attractive than she does? And it's like, okay, like we can have these conversations and we don't have to worry about upsetting the other person too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of people are, we've spoken to a couple of people about it. Um, and a lot of people ask like, Oh, like what is, what's going on? How do you do it? And I just know that I'm like, you know what you're going to have, if someone brings it up to you, like, please don't react how I did because that was horrible. Um, I would cried a lot and I don't <laughs> want other people to do that. I want to know that they can, feel, that they can feel safe and that they can have these conversations with their partner and not have it be life or death. Are we going to stay together? Are we going to break up? I'm just kind of like, this is a conversation that you'll have. You'll have multiple conversations. Just let it happen and figure out, you know, what you're comfortable with and what your partner's comfortable with. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, people that aren't reading our emails, um, you, you, Rachel reached out to us and basically said, you know, kind of what you said earlier in the podcast that your girlfriend is very non-monogamous and that you were struggling with it until you sort of, listen to our show and that sort of opened up your eyes to the fact that there was multiple different ways to do this that you don't have to fit inside of yet another box of how to do this perfectly and I guess do you do you mind expanding a little bit on that in terms of again sort of maybe what you two have come to in terms of how you want to put this into practice and after hearing some of the other stories and talking about it, what you want that to look like for you to moving forward. And also, by the way, that's exactly the reason we started this podcast. So it made us really happy when we heard that. Just have to put, put that out there. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, my God, you're saving my life right now. Um, <laughs> I think so. I was just I guess because my idea of non-monogamy was totally warped before I started listening to this show. And then once I heard people having actual like not only they were doing it, but they were successful that they were with their partner that they've been with, you know, depending on who was on the show, but there were people who were like, yes, I've been with my partner for so long, but we do this and it's amazing. It only makes our relationship grow, makes our relationship stronger. And hearing so many people saying it, like at least the couples that are on there saying it makes our relationship stronger kind of was like solidified in my mind. Okay. That this is, really doable and that this is not only doable, but successful and normal. And it's not as taboo as people think it is. Um, and I, uh, but as far as practicing it, I think we kind of are trying to figure that out ourselves because I think the way I want to go about it and the way Kate wants to go about it is a little bit different because I'm like, I want to be in a secure space with people. I want this to be an experience for both of us. I want to go there together, have an experience, whether you have an experience, I have an experience, we have experiences together, separate, but the, but at the end we ultimately leave together. 
Um, and I think it's because like, I'm more comfortable with like seeing Tatum with other people. And I don't know if she's as comfortable with that as I am. So, yeah, we definitely are, have two different ideas of maybe what we want, but, um, we're both really, uh, good at negotiating for each other. So I think for me, I find it kind of, um, on my end because, um, Rachel's been so open and a really good partner through this. It's only fair that I kind of go at her pace because she's a little more hesitant and, um, just in yeah six months, she's been able to have such a, a, a change in mind where I think that through, throughout the years, I'm, uh, she would change a little bit, like what, what makes her comfortable and what doesn't. So yeah, I would go, I get way more comfortable, obviously. Yeah. And so to start slow and to, to go at her pace, I think is fair. Yeah. And I like, I've heard on the show too, that people are like, Oh, we're going to do like soft swapping and then move up to, or like, you know, you, it's not linear. Like we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to, you know, full swap and all these things. And it's like, I'm open to change, but I guess as of right now, I think I'd want us to be, I wouldn't be comfortable if like Tatum went and did something with somebody else. And I wasn't at least in the same area, like in the same, not necessarily same room, but in the same like space. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I, do you mind building on that a little bit? Because it sounds, it sounds like on, on Tatum's end, I guess we've heard more what what Rachel is envisioned. What is on on your end, Tatum? What would your ideal situation be? I think an ideal situation would be like to not really to like have my only rules be um, making sure that communication is there and that my partner is comfortable. But to not aside from that, to not really have strict boundaries. So where Rachel comes from, wanting to do the either be in a space with non-monogamous people or um, do it together, I wouldn't mind or I would I would like to have the freedom if I went out without her that I could um, have a, a, a flirtatious, spontaneous moment with somebody that moves further and then, you know, like, like hooking up and then, but that's the end of it. And then um, that, then, yeah, then just... But, you know, telling telling Rachel and having her be okay with it. But, like I was saying, because because she's a little uh, more hesitant about that, I'm um, I'm definitely willing to to go at her pace and work up to, to, to that being a possibility. Or um, Because I've also never tried non-monogamy, so perhaps just doing it in a space together would be satisfying enough, too. Yeah, and that was something I was curious about. What in... And not that I want to play coach or anything, but <laughs> had, have you considered, like, going to an event, whether it was, like, a meet and greet or um, maybe a hotel party or something to that effect together and, and finding maybe another couple? And it, it sounds like another female-male couple wouldn't be too terrible of a fit right be you know being that tatum's a little more fluid on the sexuality spectrum 
and there's plenty of women who are into other women. And so it seems like another couple would, would be a good fit for your first time. I think that's, I mean, that's definitely part of the conversation. I think that's what, um, what will probably be our first time will be something like that. Uh, Rachel has looked into like places that where there's either groups or, um, are uh, safe spaces for, for non-monogamy. Uh, so I think once schedules slow down, I don't think there'd be hesitation to, to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to, I definitely want to go to like a party or an event or, you know, something like that, just because like you have the space of non-monogamy people who get, you know, where everything's coming from and get where we all are in our relationships. Um, and it'd just be nice because I don't really, I guess, I don't really want to go on like a dating app and find people. Cause then I, that feels like a little too calculated for me. And I wouldn't, I'd want it to be more like, I think both of us would want it to be more spontaneous where we'd go to these parties. And if we met people and, or at least a couple and we played together, like that'd be great. And, or if we went there and we didn't go flirt with people, like great. Like we can just build up on something and at least get more involved in the community um where whereas like you know going on i feel like going on like a you know dating website or a website to find other non-monogamous couples um it could be like i don't know i guess i'd want to be with people who are open-minded yeah, yeah. like-minded people. I say the community aspect of it is huge and just friendships and being around people that you can talk about that type of stuff is so different from being in other spaces. So I, we completely get that. And I would strongly encourage you to do that because I think it's can be very powerful in your journey as well. And meeting those different peoples, whether they, it moves beyond that or not. Um, Yeah. I also, I also feel like in the, at least in the queer community, because those relationships are already, so I guess like quote unquote, taboo or not normal or not like you know heteronormative that those types like I feel like a lot of queer people are more open to being in non-monogamous types of relationships at least I feel like I've seen a lot of a lot more queer queer people being like oh yeah I'm non-monogamous I'm polyamorous um Mm -hmm. so I think I I see that a lot more than with just straight people being non-monogamous that's just that's just my (laughs) my experience on various Facebook groups. (laughs) I was, I was curious, had you found some local support in terms of friend groups or peer groups that, that are able to provide like a sounding board or have you too largely navigated this in isolation? I'd say more so in isolation. We've kind of been figuring it out within ourselves, but I've definitely, seen it in you know some of the groups that I'm on and there are there is I think one Facebook group in our area that is for polyamorous and non-monogamous people which I wouldn't be opposed to joining um it's just we haven't really I guess gotten that far I think right now because we're so busy like you finishing your semester and me just working a lot um I think it'd be something that I'd want to you know become a part of but I think where we are right now, it's more so like since we've had the conversation. And I also think there's, of course, hesitation where once you 
make the first step outside of your relationship, it's real. And then, um, what if somebody wants to back out and, um, maybe that could cause for more mess than, than, and there's just, of course, hesitation. Yeah. I think too, I want to be a little bit more prepared on how to deal with jealousy and communication. Cause even, you know, listening to this podcast, um, seeing things in other, you know, Facebook groups from other non-monogamous people, I'm like, wow, that's something I hadn't even thought of that could happen. Like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with someone saying, oh yeah, I had a really good time with it. The person I was with was super sexy. Like, how do you, like, you know, you want to have an emotional response where you're happy for your partner, but also you're like, how do, how do I navigate that within myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you found any other resources besides you mentioned our podcast, but I know there's other ones out there that have been particularly helpful for you? There's not other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I um, the thing about me is when I when I really like something, I'll like I'll binge it until I get sick of it, and then I move on. So like right now, I'm only on your podcast, but I've heard all, all the other um wonderful podcasts that you guys mentioned on your show previously. Like um, uh, what was the Swinging Down Under? Mm-hmm. Um, by the by. Um, but I know like there's a book that some what I want to do essentially with like my careers, I, I want to be a nurse practitioner, but specifically focus on like women's health and like female sexuality. And I want to research actually like the female orgasm. So like yeah. being able to, you know, use some of the resources I've used in school and someone mentioned, uh, sex at dawn. I've wanted to read that too. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Trying to think of any other one. We ones. did watch recently a uh, original Netflix series uh, from the UK called uh, Wanderlust. 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 Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a. It's uh, about a uh, married couple who's opens up the relationship, and uh, not necessarily that it's anything that's educational, but it um, it's one of those things where it explores the fact that this uh, that this isn't that this can be normal. Yeah. That it's successful. Like, um, they, when they, in the show, when they start opening up the relationship, it wasn't automatically tragic or horrible. That mm-hmm. it was, it kind of showed the struggles. I think that, um, I think it, at least for me, when I was watching it, I'd be like, okay, well, this is not like they do something. And I'd say, well, this is not how I'd want to communicate. This <laughs> is what I would do instead to make it, you know, better. Obviously they have to do things for the plot, but right. Right. It, it gave you to the talking points to start a discussion. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Tatum started watching it first and then was like, okay, wait, I want to watch this with you because I want to know what you, what you feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No, I, th- I think a lot of, I mean, it's, it's a, it's definitely a hard thing to start at the, in the early stages sometimes. And, you know, especially when you're navigating school and work and all of those things. And so I think, you know. Well, yeah, when you have no experience and no, it, yeah, it's not an easy thing to navigate. Yeah. You can't really go to your parents and say, I'm feeling like this. What does this mean? And they're gonna just <laughs> not going to get it. Yeah. Had, had, so I guess out of curiosity then, have you talked to any of your family about this? And, and maybe... I also, have you come out to them, either of you, in terms of your sexuality, or is that still something that's 
not not widely known. Uh, we're both, yeah. Well, Rachel came out at in middle school. Yeah, when I was so. like, <laughs> 13, 14. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, our relationship's widely known. We're both uh, out together. Um, but uh, talking to family about uh, non-monogamy type things is... Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would... I don't think I'd really want to. Um, but I've mentioned to my parents, because I've seen, you know, what happens, you know, when someone's... I've seen unhappy married people get divorced and I've, I've been talking with my mom about that kind of recently. And I just kind of mentioned, I was like kind of vaguely, but I was like relationships now are completely different from relationships when, you know, even from like the eighties or nineties, like where people are more open. It's like, uh, you get thrown in that box where you date high school and then you get married and then you have kids and then you're like, 50 and you hate each other yeah you were you know you That's felt right. like you had to get married at 18 and mm-hmm. um definitely I think too like I would rather try all my options before I'm miserable in middle age yeah and I've mentioned to my mom kind of like I don't I just kind of mentioned I was like I see that happening a lot and I don't want that to happen to me so I'm not like I've said we're exploring non-monogamy and this is how we're gonna do it it's more so like relationships are changing we don't want to be traditional yeah right yeah and were they were they supportive on the coming out the the sexuality side of things Mm, my parents i think it was difficult for them just because i was so young so they were like obviously your typical parents where they were like okay um it's just a phase it's just a phase like i don't think that's really you and i was like no i think it is so that was really difficult, and I don't think they really, um, I mean, they came around to it eventually, I just don't think they really liked the people that I dated throughout, like, high school and a little bit of college, but then they met Tatum, and they were like, wow, we love her, and then I think they, you know, were able to see, like, I could, like, you know, I can be gay and happy at the same time. <laughs> In a healthy relationship. Yeah. But your parents? Yeah. No, I'm... Um, I've always been, whether it's healthy or not to have this be a habit of mine, but always been like, I'd rather just not talk. I'd rather just like have something, oh, this is, you know, my girlfriend, Rachel, and then nobody address it and just everybody act like it's normal. So we don't actually have to have a conversation about it. Um, that's always how I've liked to go about life, but of course that's not realistic and you have to have uh, real conversations, but it was more so like I just introduced Rachel into my life more and more and more until she was just normal. <laughs> until I was there all the time. Yeah. And, um, and I, think, I don't know if I've ever really would say that I've ever had a coming out. I think it was your 21st birthday, though, because you got... Well, yeah, but like I've never like had one of those things where you say to everybody, okay, this is my sexuality, this is my relationship, um, so... Everybody right. just knows, and but I've never, um, which wouldn't necessarily be a good thing, but yeah, I've never had your traditional um, coming out, coming out, like telling everybody how, you know, yeah, what your sexuality is and yeah. things like that. But depending, you know, I guess where you come from, it, since it's more conservative, that it's like, you, so I think it's because it's so conservative and be, people can be really small minded. I mean, 
not really any of like your your friends, but um, definitely some of the people that um, are a little bit older that don't necessarily get it would you know. My mom's always worried about people being mean to us. <laughs> um, so I yeah. think having it be kind of like a silent thing where people are like, oh, well, now Tatum's seeing a girl. That's it. Yeah. I think that's might have worked out better for us <laughs> instead of having a huge coming out post yeah. or, you know, coming out story thing. Right. No, I appreciate you sharing because it's, it's obviously not something that either of us have had to go through in right. terms of our sexuality. So it's, and it's something more relatively more recent for you. So thank thank you for sharing. We appreciate it. Definitely. Um, but our, I think our, we've talked to a couple of our friends about being non-monogamous. Like that's not something that we'd want to necessarily hide from. Well, cause, because another thing too, to make sure that you're communicating with at least your close friends is that if you're out, say I'm out with, you know, my, my friends and I dance with somebody, I wouldn't want them to think that I was being, what, what is, what's that word? That I was like, I don't know. It's not, not cheating is not the right word, but I wouldn't want them to think that I was um, doing things behind my back, doing things behind Rachel's back, and then have them um, think that there's something going on. Whereas if they knew, if they know that Rachel and I have um, some type of open to non-monogamous relationship, they would feel more comfortable if they saw one of us out. Yeah, because I wouldn't want someone coming up to me and saying, obviously, like you know, Tatum would communicate this to me or communicate what was going on to me, but I won't, I wouldn't want someone coming up and telling me, okay, just letting you know, like Tatum did this. It's a big deal. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just for you. It's also fair to your friends. So they're not caught in an awkward position. Yeah. Yeah. And also too, I think to, I, I don't know. I feel like I've been the guinea pig in coming out from like, where I grew up and now I paved the way for all the little baby gays from my hometown. But, um, (laughs) I think showing other, like being, I guess like the example quote unquote that like, this is normal and that I don't want people to feel like, I would want people to be like, Oh, they're doing it. Yeah. I think we're, I mean, the majority of society, uh, this might be a stretch, but, they at least understand and accept the fact that sexuality can be um, on a spectrum or be fluid or, you know, not everyone's straight. But I think there's still the um, work to be done to say that this is also true for relationships and that monogamy isn't necessarily normal or for everybody. And that for, for even within the queer community, some people still they understand sexuality is fluid, but they still can't understand that no, relationships are fluid. Yeah. And that's something that needs to be discussed. Yeah. Cause when you brought it up to me, you're like, it's cause I didn't really think about it. And Tatum was like, okay, it's not fair to say sexuality is on a 100% like spectrum, everything in between. And then to say relationships are just rigid. And then I like thought about it and I was like, you know what? That's actually really true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I, definitely true. Yeah. I, and I think, that sort of seems like the realization that, that you came to, Rachel, in listening to the show was that there wasn't a right way to do it in terms of non-monogamy, that, that you didn't have to fit in that box. You could do it any way you wanted, and now you two are figuring out what that's going to look like, at least, yeah. to, at least to start with. Yeah, and I think so, too. I, didn't, I also didn't think about this either. It was, like, frequency of 
doing like being non-monogamous because I was thinking too, I was like, we could do this once a year. We could do this every weekend. Like there's really no right or wrong way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like right now, though, at least where we are in our relationship, I feel like it wouldn't be something that's super frequent. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, we're both really busy people. And we also want to make sure that we're spending time with each other and making sure, like, our relationship is when, you know, enjoying each other. Like, we like we generally like hanging out with each other. <laughs> um you know, I wouldn't want to spread myself too thin between other people too, all yeah. the time. Well, I guess unless there's something major that either of you want to share, we can sort of start to wrap things up and and you know say say thank you to both of you for coming on in the you know relatively early stages of figuring this out, and it's been fascinating for us to hear what people going through the conversations while they're going through them rather than 10 years later, yeah. what that's like. So. We really appreciate the vulnerability that both of you had in discussing this and just being open about it. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm glad we were able to give you good in- insight and information because we were just kind of nervous about like, oh, okay, well, these are our conversations. Like we didn't want it to be, I guess, boring. <laughs> No, I don't. I think I think there's a lot of people who are probably in similar positions trying to figure out these conversations. And so even though they may have them slightly differently, just knowing that they aren't alone is is important to to sort of know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big thing for me is to realize, OK, I'm not alone in this that there are people who have said or have felt things that are identical to how I'm feeling, I think was a big thing for me. And I think for Tatum too, when I mentioned first mentioned the podcast, she was like, Oh, like it really kind of solidified that this isn't super taboo that how she feels isn't wrong or bad. Yeah. Well, you two are fairly young too. So I think that being, yeah, having those discussions early on, and it might seem a little more scary than in a yeah. more, I guess, older or not older, but in a longer term relationship, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I mean, even at our age, right? There's not tons and tons of people that we can look to as examples of this, right? And in our day to day life, in our day to yeah, and even fewer when we were nineteen or twenty or yeah. twenty three. So. I think just knowing that you're not alone is the 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 nice part about it. And so I think the two of you being willing to share that is is really amazing and we wanted to say thank you and also that we hope you'll come back on maybe <laughs> in like 6 months or a year with some awesome updates about what you two have learned over the last year or so. Yeah, no that'd be Awesome. Thank you guys for having us on the show, too. Yes. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. geez, of course. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. So we'll say goodnight, and we will talk soon for part two. <laughs> All right. Okay, good um, night. Wait, I just want to let, let everyone know, too, that if your partner brings up this conversation, to just go 
with, just go with it. Have an open mind. Keep your ears open. Try not to be too judgmental. Cause I really just don't want people to react how I reacted at first. I really don't want, um, you know, to, I don't really want uh, someone else's partner to feel, you know, like they're wrong or that they're, you know, bad for having these types of feelings. I just want, you know, if your partner does bring this up, just be really open, try and be understanding and just go from there. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I think that that is a very important thing that we like to stress as well, because it's not an easy thing when your partner comes and says something to you and, and being, even if you want to react a certain way, you may not, and it may take some time and some discussion. So thank you for mentioning that. It's not just me one discussion. It'll be multiple. Exactly. And yeah. And I might, if, if I'm allowed to pile on and just say, if, if you are the person who brings it to the table and your partner says no, uh, give, give them the space and time to think mm-hmm. about it and come back and that, that a no may not always be a no, but might be a no, not right now. And and you don't have to ask every damn day, but <laughs> you can, you can definitely ask again. So that, yeah. that's my two cents. Yeah. We've heard that works for people. Yeah. So. I, I have. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that from Tatum. Like when I was like, no, I'm not comfortable talking about this. Like she wasn't like, we need to talk about it now. She was like, okay, I respect that. I get it. And then brought it up a different time. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it it sounds like you're both on the right track or one of the right tracks. Definitely. We're excited to see where, where you are in three months and a year and six months. And I'll just throwing out time, just throwing out numbers. (laughs) So we will we will keep in touch and we will have you back on whether you like it or not and yeah we look forward to it. Yeah, was there to- anything else before we hang up? On your end, no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. We yeah had a great time talking and and appreciate it. Yeah, us too. Okay. Fate, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We're back. We are back, but just temporarily. Uh, again, thank you to Rachel and Tatum for reaching out, for coming on the show, for using the old email feature. Yeah, it was so much fun talking to them and hearing their story and their perspective from just getting into this at a fairly young age. So, And we're excited to get the follow-up from them once things start moving along and school and life settle down. So we're really excited for that. Yes. Uh, one quick Resource two actually two actually I was trying the old bait and switch. <laughs> First one is uh, absolutely free. It helps the show if you use it, but again, it costs you nothing. It's personal capital. It's uh, the easiest way that we found to manage and kind of keep track of where all your money is and do budgeting and all those things. Again, it's just one of those to help people out, make your lives a little easier, and yeah, go check it out. We use yes. it every single day. And Never if- once paid a penny. Right. And if you use the links on the our website, it does support the show. The other resource we wanted to mention quickly is Mine One Condoms. They have custom fit condoms over 60 sizes and you can get a 10% discount by using the code Emma. That's you. Yes. Again, this one, not a actual kickback for the show or an affiliate. It's just they were like, hey, we'll give you 10% off. And we said, hey, 
We'd like that. Yep. So, next week, who do we got? What do we got? We got Ann and Brian. And they are... They're pretty cool. Yes. Pretty cool people. Awesome. I would call them friends of the show at this point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They've been just starting to explore this, but they've made it pretty far, and then they're like, meh, I don't know. And, I don't know, their story is really pretty inspiring, and we're excited to get it out there. So Yes, so come, come back next week. Come back next week, see what we got for you, and we'll see everybody in a week. Let's go.